ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies, episode 129 of the Dynasty Junkies tonight, brought to you by the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, or the DAP Network, if you will, and I tend to. Thank you very much for everybody tuning in tonight uh, or listening on your podcast device. If you still have a Zoom, welcome to the 20th century. It's an amazing device. Hopefully you use it for a long time. But we've got a great show tonight. We're talking about the NFC South. With me in the B chair, though, first time in a long time, our friend, our favorite, Scott Sidlow. How are you, Scott? What's up, man? It's uh great night to uh talk football it's always great to uh get to talk football again when you that's might right. be unsure that you ever will so that's right we, we won't get into it but we're glad you're with us and glad you're here to talk yeah, football man. with us tonight and uh we've got a heck of a guest tonight one of my favorites one of my old school friends in this industry the one and only dave heilman how are you dave doing fantastic just got off uh doing some rookie profiles and looking uh, forward to talking to some football with you boys yeah, and I know you're a lot of different places. You're doing a lot of different things. Before we get too deep into this, I want to make sure we give you a chance to announce like kind of where you are, where people can find you, and what you're doing these days. Yeah, so I work for uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network now. So I am their lead dynasty analyst. So you can find all my written work on there. We do podcasts, and uh, you can check out my TikToks at Dynasty Dorks. Um, pretty much it. That's all you need. Just just a couple of dorks talking about Dynasty. You're in the right place. This is exactly yeah, where you belong, Dave. We're happy to have you. All right. So before we get into the NFC South, which I, I do think is going to be a little entertaining to talk about, we've we got to start with the divisional round. Hell of a weekend for some sports here. We had, um, I would say, two good games and two not as good games, maybe is a way to put this. But we'll start off with Mahomes wins on one leg is what I put down in the sheet. Oh. Um what what a what a weird game, but also entirely expected in a way, right? Like this is kind of what everybody thought was going to happen. Nobody predicted the injury, and there was obviously some question marks if he was going to come back in the game in the second half, and then he did, and he played the whole second half. Um, and Mahomes obviously is a machine and a robot and some sort of you know built on high thing. There there were a couple things that frustrated me about the game. Obviously, the the Chris Collinsworth stuff. I, I've had enough of it. Like every single thing that Mahomes does was amazing. Like there was a time where he, you know, pretty much drops a pass, but it's technically a pass. And Chris Collinsworth is like, what an amazing play. That was a genius play on Mahomes' part. What a, what a smart move. And then Trevor Lawrence throws an absolute dot to, to Christian Kirk and Kirk drops it. And, and Collinsworth is like, man, I can't believe uh, Lawrence overthrew him on that one. Like it hit him in the breadbasket 60 yards down the field, my friend. Like what, what more he wanted to do. So I just, I, man, I just, I had to get that off my chest, but that was a hell of a game. Scott, what did you think about that? Was Mahomes unbeatable in that game or was he just playing through? 
Dude, he's just he's just one of a kind, man. Like, uh, I just nobody can do what he does. It's, no. it's just incredible. Some of those throws, he couldn't he couldn't even step into, and he's like throwing off one leg, he's throwing sidearm. He's just throwing like it. It's just it's wild, man. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, feel bad for him because I feel like this is this is like the third time in what the last like four playoffs that he's gotten hurt or been banged up coming into the playoffs. So kind of unfortunate um but you know we'll we'll see um it's it's incredible how some of these guys it's like oh yeah i don't know you know we'll see and he's like oh i'm gone we're gone let's go get me back in the game i'll be there next week we're playing like you know um it's just you could tell like he's young and feisty you know maybe when he gets a little older and has family and all that stuff that might change but at least for now he's got that big contract anyway he's gonna go all in and, and do what he can but yeah we got we've got a good showdown coming up you know, this weekend, uh, I think it was inevitable. Chiefs are going to go. Jaguars had a great run. Um, you know, good for them. Like that's, that was, yeah. that was fun. It was fun to see that happen for a franchise. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, Mahomes, you know, we, we've got, we've got the matchups. We, we should have, I think for once, you know, I would agree. I would agree. Especially, I mean, NFC, obviously you got the, the one and two seeds. So it's kind of the ones yeah. that, you know, deserve to be there. And I mean, Bengals bills, obviously with that Monday night game and, and the what ifs from that, I mean, it makes sense that the Bengals made it. I'm with you. There, there really isn't like a Cinderella. Essentially. Yeah, there really, yeah, there really isn't like a Cinderella team this year. I mean, you might be able to say the Niners are the closest thing to it with Brock Purdy. I don't know if I disagree with that, but I mean, all the teams here deserve to be here, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I, I think that that means these games are going to be great. Uh, Dave, what do you think though about Mahomes? Is he just a, is he still the best quarterback of all time in your opinion? Is it not even a discussion? Is there someone else you'd rather have than him on your team? What do you think? Uh, best quarterback of all time is, is that's, that's a tough conversation. He's, he's up there. Um, he's, he's up there. Really, yeah. He's really good. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Jaguars were a fun run. We'll talk about my giants here in a little bit. I mean, some of those teams, you know, it was fun to see them be more competitive and turn it around this year, but you know, to expect the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl was probably a stretch. Um, and it gives us a really good matchup this weekend. Uh, I, I just, you know, we'll see what happens with Mahomes in that leg. I mean, you know, injuries are tough. You can get re-injured. Um, you know, the Bengals, of course, aren't going to do anything dirty, but they are going to go after him. And I thought yeah. Jaguars not going after him it was a part of their downfall. Um, you know, if you have Mahomes back there, sitting duck, more blitzes, more yeah. attacking. And I just, I feel like the Bengals are probably going to do that this weekend. And it could result in him getting re-injured, whether he steps wrong, gets hit, those kind of things. A lot of quarterbacks, they, they don't necessarily get hurt on the design runs. They right. get hurt whenever they get unexpected hits and things like that. Well, and I'll use that as a perfect segue to the second game, of course, was Bill's Bengals in the AFC side. And the Bengals definitely went aggressive after Josh Allen. Uh, you know, Mike Hilton running, rushing off the side a couple different times, blitzing, things like that. They were showing different disguise things. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I agree with you, Dave. I wouldn't be shocked at all if the defense for the Bengals kind of comes out hot here. Um, you know, I've, I've said it to other people. I've been engaged in Twitter threads on this. I think the Bengals defense is where we're going to see the most fireworks from this Bengals team. And it's a lot to, because of what we saw last week. I mean, the offense was cooking, don't get me wrong, but the defense shutting down Josh Allen for what I think was three straight three and outs to open the game. I mean, the Bills got eight yards in the first quarter. That's that's ridiculous. 
They scored 10 points in the whole game. That's ridiculous. This Bills team yeah, is not yeah. designed for that. And it was they were at home. They were six-point favorites. Our, the defense for the Bengals, I'll say our defense, because I'm obviously a Bengals fan if you're watching live. Uh, but, I, you know, they, they are clearly the better, the better defense, of the better unit, I guess. A lot of talk was had about the offensive line, but, I mean, it didn't seem like the Bengals had an offensive line problem at all. Um, I guess, Scott, any, any takeaways from that Bills-Bengals game other than it being an oddly weird blowout upset? Well, I'll tell you what, um, I'm doing great so far in uh, my playoff bets, and uh, that was the easiest money I ever made, that Bengals. Right. Uh, it was plus four and a half when I made the bet. Um, it was five and a half when I took it, yep. To be in the, uh, a, a snow game against a team that just doesn't run the ball, it's mind-blowing to me that their offensive coordinator is a guy who had success and won a national championship playing with like four <laughs> NFL running backs in his backfield, and yet right. they don't run the ball. Like it's, I just, I don't understand that. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're doing sometimes. Like you can't just keep putting it all on Josh Allen. And you know, it, there were a couple of times where he's just kind of like throwing it up, but it's because he's got to make a play because there's nothing else happening there. Well, at one Um, point they were like, all he wants, but he's getting triple covered. So, you know, what's, what's he supposed to do? You know? Um, so I, I think we're going to maybe finally see now after a couple years of, of kind of the same story, um, you know, maybe they're going to actually get a, a running back and try to have a little bit of a running game. So I, I'd be curious to see that there's a lot of running backs coming in um, in this rookie class. So that's definitely going to be a storyline I'll be watching, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think that'll be really interesting. I don't think James Cook is. I think he's a, a great complimentary piece. He's a great uh, second back option, but I, I like to see them get, you know, some sort of uh, bigger True back workhorse. or every down back yeah. to, to kind of take that workload. So uh, I think Singletary is a free agent and um, I don't expect him to be back. And I think that'll be a fun thing to watch for and probably will end up overdrafting whatever rookie goes there. So as, yeah. as a, as a community, I'm sure that we will. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, Dave, any thoughts on that Bengals-Bills game? Anything you saw that we haven't brought up here? Well, I just think it's so hard for teams to repeat performances. That window closes so fast. Not only do you lose players to free agency, you have to pay your good players, but you lose good coaches. And I think if they have Brian Dable over there, it's a different ball game. Ken Dorsey is is not the same. not saying he's a bad play caller, but you're talking about being an elite play caller. And it's his, it was his first year. And yeah. so to do as well as they did. Um, but, but yeah, that, uh, that offense struggle, they, they, they had more balance last year than this year. And um, just that conversation you saw about with Brandon Bean. And I know that's some controversial stuff with some of the things he said, but at the end of the day, um, you, know, you could have drafted one. Justin Jefferson with the pick you traded for Stefan Diggs could have had that rookie, uh, you know, contract, but I, I think the bills are going to be in the market for a receiver this off season. Um, most likely in the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think there's a lot of good receivers in the, you know, the first couple of rounds that they can probably still get with their pick. And I think that they, they have a couple different holes, but I agree receivers, probably their biggest one. I also agree with Scott that they need a running game. I don't think you find a running back in free agency. That's not going to do what they need to do. So I wouldn't be shocked if their first two picks are some kind of first two of the three, maybe 
or some combination running back receiver lineman kind of a thing. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see that this year from Buffalo. Uh, let's move over to the NFC. Obviously, the uh, the Giants, Dave, I'll kick it to you first. Um, what happened here? I mean, Giants just sort of fell asleep at the wheel and the Eagles dominated. I was honestly, I was shocked at that. I, I predicted Giants to play better after their Minnesota win. I'm like, maybe this team is legit. I think that they they got things figured out. Speaking of Dable, he, he obviously got in Daniel Jones. He figured out the, the, the trick here. And then it, it was not the case. I mean, as a Giants fan, what would you say happened? Was there any one thing or was it a few things? No, I mean, some teams are just good matchups for each other. And so uh, the Eagles defensive line dominated. They don't have like they don't have the same. It wasn't the same matchup against Indian Minnesota and the Giants had, you know, lost a bunch of games before those two games. Um, like you, I thought they would play better. I didn't expect them to get blown out or definitely was not hoping for that. But, um, right. you know, I just, you, you look at a team that, you know, if you look at your, you're playing Madden, one's yeah. a 90, one's a 75. I mean, it was just an <laughs> overmatched team and, uh, you know, Philly's a, it's a great roster. No, and I think that's actually a lot of it. And maybe Scott, maybe that's the bigger question here. Is this Philly being really good or was this New York being really bad? What what did you see in the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's part partly a divisional thing. Typically when you're, you know, three games on uh, one season, um, you generally get one of those as a blowout. So um it was it was bound to happen. Uh Philly really needed that bye week to get healthy. You know, some yeah. teams, they lose their momentum, but some teams it works out. They need to get healthy and just having that that extra time getting healthy. They they were ready. They were prepared. And I mean, as much as uh, it's it's weird to say Sirianni did a good job. So that's <laughs> unfortunate. But, you know, they, they played well. And uh, yeah, you, you know, the Giants really overachieved. Um, yeah. And I'd be I'd be thrilled as a Giants fan. They're definitely heading in the right direction. Now they got a couple things they need to figure out. But uh, Dable's really, um, yeah, Dable's legit, man. Like you, you've got a coach now, so now it's Finally. you know we got to figure out a couple of things. But I, yeah. I think they they overachieved, and I don't think there's anything to be disappointed or upset about with this season. I completely agree, and I think there are a lot of Giants fans that in uh, back in August. We're looking at this like, well, Dable better be good. And, you know, if we don't win a lot of games. It's going to be, you know, another crap year. And I think if you, Dave, if I would have told you in August that you guys would have won a playoff game, you'd be ecstatic with that. That's a terrific outcome for where you guys were. And I think the biggest thing, too, is that the Giants don't really have a receiving core, right? They got Kenny Galladay or the ghost of Kenny Galladay, uh, Darius Slayton. They got the, the off the scrap from the Bills, Isaiah Hodgins, right? Yeah, David Sills, like they had players that were just names that you've seen on the bench in dynasty leagues or even on waivers and they were making it work. And, and it wasn't really like they leaned on Barkley to get 200 yards a game. I mean, it was Daniel Jones finding the players and I respect fully that offense and how they, they played, I think up to their biggest potential, but you put it perfectly. There are 75 against a 90. They just, you know, it, it's, and it was a divisional game. That's always a little extra layer as, as the Bengals saw with the Ravens, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen in those games, but I do think of a lot of it too, though, as much as we talked about the Giants, Philly is for real. And I think Philly this year, especially, is is kind of hitting their stride. That AJ Brown trade probably could not have gone better for them. I mean, that was the exact right thing that that team needed. I mean, if you look at it, obviously you can't compare apples to apples, but they traded the pick that became Traylon Burks, who was hurt a lot of the year. If they had taken Burks, would they be here? Hard to say. I kind of doubt it. I think A.J. Brown really changed that team. So, again, I think the Eagles are for real. We're going to see them play this week against the winner of the other game in the NFC from this past divisional week was the Niners, who, 
I mean, yeah, they beat the Cowboys. It's almost like the Cowboys lost the game rather than the Niners won it. You know, in my mind, it was a really ugly game. Not one that, that is, I would say, one I want to rewatch. I'm not looking to rewatch that game. Uh, I saw a few different plays, obviously, and highlights here and there. Yeah, Brock Purdy and the Niners pulled it out, but that game felt like a divisional game. <laughs> you know, it just felt like one of those, it could go any way. There's weird trick plays. There's weird catches and then not catches and then like just all over the map. So Scott, I'll kick it to you first. Anything about that Niners Cowboys game you want to bring up or was it just kind of, all right, on to next week. You know, I think, um, well, the not the Niners, I mean, it's just wild what they're doing. Like their defense yeah. has just been insane. And you know, the fact that they're just plugging any quarterback and go it's like well we knew you could do that with running backs but now quarterbacks do like and purdy didn't even have necessarily a, a great game but he made the throws when he needed to and um it's really interesting he's uh quite polarizing right now uh um, very much so with, uh <laughs> you know the trades that i've seen go down for him are wild um i've got uh nine shares so uh, it might be a little bit time to, to cash to out you yeah. get some profit on <laughs> exactly. that. So, exactly. uh, you know, if you're in a league with me, you know, throw me an offer. Um, but yeah, I, I'll be curious to see what they do with that whole scenario. Um, I think it's a really fun story for him and, and all that, but you know, Dallas, uh, that defense, I think like the average football fan that watched, you know, was like, Oh, I'll watch the playoffs, you know, whatever. Right. And they, they don't really follow it. Like, we're you know like us junkies do um i don't think people realize how legit that defense is oh yeah and um yeah and i mean everybody's gonna shit on Dak, and like i get it he does he deserves it you know he didn't he didn't play the best game whatever but he didn't really get any help from anyone either um i don't know what happened to Gallup. like i expected him to start slow coming off the injury and everything but he never did he never came around he never did do anything he didn't help at all uh, Schultz did not play a good game. Pollard uh, got hurt. You know, Pollard right? getting hurt game. obviously yep. changes that offense because he's, you know, he's the playmaker. He's the explosive guy. So, um, you know, and that line just isn't what it was, um, you know, so I, yeah, you can put it on Dak. That's fine. But I think, I think that might be a good, that might be a good opportunity. Whereas like the Gabe Davis thing last year, like his value goes through the roof after that wild, you know, playoffs, this might be an opportunity that we're looking at some of those guys to buy, you know, like a DAC might be a buy right now. Um, I, yeah. You know, I don't doubt so that. I, I, I think it, that last image, that last game that people have in their minds, you know, that seems to stick, but honestly, Mike McCarthy is, is the main uh, thing. I mean, he wasted Aaron Rodgers' prime years for so long. I mean, I watched that here in in Chicago. Ugh. I'm just going, wow. I just I don't understand. They should be winning, you know, Super Bowls. You know, plural. Um, you plural. Know, and, yeah. and and we know McCarthy's not a good coach, and he's still not a good coach. So nothing's changed there. So right. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that they that they lost. I didn't think they would ever really get past that with with his coaching. Um, so yeah, well, I, I'm not so, I'm not shocked, but the defense is legit, and we'll see if Dan Quinn leaves. Then they they, may they fall said he's off staying. They said just this and, evening he's staying. Know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, fair. Well, I wanted to use this, and and you kind of brought it up, and maybe we can use this as a weird sidebar. Um, the the Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy discussion. You mentioned having some shares and potentially selling Brock Purdy. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you would sell Purdy for a first. 
Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure that would be a no-brainer in, in, in most 2023 drafts. Mm-hmm. Would you sell him for a 25 first? Uh, pr- yeah, probably. Okay, would you sell him for like a 23-204, something like the middle of the second in, in 23? There's a line in there is kind of where I'm going. It's like the early second. It. I don't know that I love this class, honestly. Well, I'm I'm like, trying, I'm trying to fall in love with it, but like not that yet. I like, yeah. but it's like, eh, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's there's a, there's a lot of landing spot landing dependent spot things for gonna, me. Yeah, it's gonna really, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's gonna depend on what I have. You know, do I already have four quarterbacks? And right. you know, he would never be a starter. You know, maybe yeah, if I can fill a spot or or use that as you know uh liquidity um but yeah i mean well and lance too i would say well and that's uh, like what i just I got go an next. offer for lance and yeah, what do you what are you uh, giving lance up for like so, are you selling lance for the same thing or is he still more expensive in your mind well i or think more worth more i think anything you just said like any first um i did trade a lance share for barkley right before the season mm. um so that that would out. still be good I'd short be fine term that. <laughs> but you know um who knows um I'm trying to, I want to see what offer I got here, but uh, it was like Derek Carr plus, you know, some pieces. And I mean, I think you could make an argument. Derek Carr might even be more valuable, but I just, I don't like Derek Carr. So I don't don't know what to do with that, but. Well, I want to kick it to Dave too. I mean, obviously Dave, give give us some of your thoughts here. I mean, in most situations, as of today, when we're talking at the end of January in 2023, Lance is still worth more than Purdy and Dynasty. I think in a lot of places, you're still going to see that valuation. I think a lot of people are still holding true to that. But are you buying Purdy? Are you selling Purdy? Are you buying Lance? What, what are you kind of doing with these two quarterbacks? Where do you where do you see this happening? Yeah, I mean, if you have Purdy, there is an opportunity to sell. Um, you know, I when I saw I had a share, I'm like, hey, what do you, you know, and immediately got a crap offer. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to get rid for that. You know, right. it was like a, like a mid third, a fourth, and like Adam Thielen. Oh, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But if you can get a first for Purdy and he does become the starter, you're okay. Like he is yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be 200 yards, two touchdowns, no, not really any rushing. You're not like, you're not selling Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. No, no ceiling. If, you know, if or Tom Brady, were, Mr. Irrelevant, right? <laughs> yeah. And so if you were to, you know, if you were to sell for that price, like it's okay, but you don't just sell them just to sell them. You know, there is a world where he's a starter next year. There is a sure. world where Trey Lance comes in as a starter. And then we haven't seen anything from Trey Lance yet. He could have a short leash. If this guy that's, that's took him to the championship game and lost one game or took him to the Super Bowl and lost in the Super Bowl is behind you. Like, Lance is going to have a short leash. Yeah. And so um, that could be the, you know, that's time. Maybe that's time to go buy, buy Purdy. If Lance gets announced as starter or something like that, but I'm going to start up right now. And I saw Lance go ahead of Purdy. I wanted nothing to do with it. I was like, I am not. Where where did he go? Do you know? Do you remember 14? Okay. Um, And that was with two or that was actually with nine draft picks off the board. So uh, probably two quarterbacks, we'll say. Okay. Um, so QB 15, 16 range for uh, Lance. Purdy wow. went around QB 21, 23. Wow. Interesting. And so, um, but Purdy still went. And, you know, I'm I'm looking, I'm like, I got pick 112 on the board or Brock Purdy. Mm. And I'm like, I mean, I'm going to take. for me. And I'm go- I was going to take 112 regardless. Purdy went. So it made my ah. decision so much easier. 
but okay. I was like, well, that's where his value is then. Yeah. But that's, that's, I mean, it was back to back. I took 112. Purdy went one pick ahead of it. Well, and oh, I just, hey. I want to make sure I mention this too. I just wrote an article for Fantasy Pros, came out today, and the, the, the January DLF ADP in one QB anyway has Lance at 13 and Purdy at 18. So there is definitely okay. a swell for Purdy right now. And I think obviously that's without any of the rookies and rookie picks and all that. So, I mean, 13 is probably a little high because I do think some of those other guys are going to be ahead of that. But if Lance is valued at 13, I'm out. I'm selling. Like, give me like, give me that all day. And then if Purdy's at 18, I'm out. I'm selling. Give me that value all day. Like, I even like you put it perfectly, Dave, even in a perfect world where one of them starts next year, I'm not sure either one of them is QB 18 in fantasy point scoring. And in Dynasty, like as much as I want to hold on to quarterbacks for forever, I mean, Trey Lance is a prime case of why you don't do that. Uh, there's a whole bunch of times where it doesn't work out, right? And there are times where it does, you know, Justin Fields and others. Where it works. So it's, it's just as volatile as every other position. But if I can get out of that to someone that I'm more secure with or feel like has a higher floor or, you know, Lance and a piece to tear up, I'm all for that. You know what I mean? Like Lance in a second for like a maybe not a Dak, but maybe like Lance in a second for Kyler Murray or something. We'll get into that actually with our find me a trade because here's here's like the stock analysis. There is no cost to acquire Brock Purdy when you acquired him. Right. So no matter what, you're going to make some type of profit if you get out. So it's kind of a win-win scenario. You just want to win as much as possible with Lance. You have to hold him if you have him because well, the cost you do and you don't. The, the well, sunk cost fallacy, though, right? Back. Like that cost is gone now. That that cost you you've invested it, it's over. And I think I agree with you to a point. I agree with you to a point. There is something about like waiting until the the most maximum potential profit. And I'm not sure now is that time. I agree with you on on kind of that point. But I don't I want to make sure that I'm clear at least. I don't necessarily say hold for the, forever. If you paid you know the 103 for him, you don't need to wait for the 103. It's been a year. That cost is gone. And it, oh yeah, yeah now. For sure. It's just, it's hard to, hard to sell a player when they're hurt. Oh, it's, for sure. You're, you're, yep. you're not going to yeah. get like a 20%. You're going to give away, like, instead of a 20% discount, you're giving away a 50% discount. Yep. And like I said, we'll mention that with the find me a trade with recovering Ridley truther, who was in the chat tonight. So hopefully he sticks around. Thanks for hanging in here, Corey, but uh, we'll get into that later, but anything else you guys want to talk about in the divisional matchup? I know David didn't really give you a ton there, but I know you had a lot with the 49ers anyway, but anything else We're to good. bring up? All right. We're good. With that, I think we're going to move into our next segment of the night, the main chunk, the main meat of the show. We're going to talk about the NFC South. Now, obviously, the NFC South was not in the divisional round. They did not advance that far. Uh, the, the Bucks got beat by the Eagles, sorry, the, Eagles, the uh, Cowboys. They didn't make it to the divisional playoffs, but we're still here to talk about them. We're going to bring up some buys, sells, and holds, try to talk about each team a little bit and give you guys some advice if you got some of these players. Uh, Dynasty doesn't stop. And I know for me and I know for you guys, too, a lot of leagues that I'm in are either not rolled over, but it's open for trading. And and this is the time to start making some of those moves. Uh, This is the time to kind of feel your gut and say, all right, what do I think is going to happen? Where do I think the values are going to go? If you feel like a player is at the max value now might be the time to get out. Like I said, Uh, if you feel like this is the bottom, that they're they're only going to get better or that someone's leaving, something's changing. That's why we do this exercise, and we're going to be going through every division over the next eight weeks. Well, this is week two. We're going to start with the Bucks because they finished at the top of the division. Um, some of the, the best or top fantasy players, I'll just briefly mention so everybody kind of pays attention here, but we've got Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Kate Otten, Cameron Bray. There's some names on the Bucks 
for fantasy. Scott, I'll throw it to you first. Any of these players a buy for you? Anybody you like to add to your roster right now as we head into the next season? Um, really, the only buy. So the hard part is obviously with these teams, they're probably trending in you know up or down, right? So a lot of them are right. going to be, you know, we're going to sell or we're going to buy. Um, but I I would say in this case for me, I'm going to go. Um, if I had to pick a name, I would say Chris Godwin. Mm, um, okay. He he would be the one buy for me. Uh, I think he'll fit in any system and he'll work with any quarterback. Um, you know, he's still, uh, you know, age wise and injury wise and everything. He's, he's, he's in perfect spot right now. So regardless of quarterback or system or, or whatever happens there, uh, Godwin would be the one guy in that offense that I would be very comfortable, uh, rostering. That's a great point. And obviously we don't know what's happening with that offense. There's going to be a lot of changes. It looks like they changed every coach except the head coach there. And uh, they're getting rid of most likely getting rid of all the different people that were involved with Brady. Maybe Brady's on his way out, too. Um, there is some obviously some rumor mill and talk and all this. Does he retire? Does he finally go back to the the Patriots? Does he go to an AFC team? Like there's so many different questions there. So I like that Chris Godwin call. Dave, what about you? Anybody on this team that I don't know, screams like a buy in a general sense for you? Uh, screams is probably, uh, <laughs> talks at above, above normal volume. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> a guy that intrigues me is Rashad white. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when people have rookie fever, you could probably get Rashad white for an early second or a mid second. Um, this is a guy that, you know, he, he could easily take that backfield next year. They have Leonard Fournette is a cut candidate. Um, we got to see what happens with Brady. Brady's salary, they hope that he either retires or they can trade him because if 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 not, like they're gonna have a $35 million, like they $35 million cap hit. And so they they gotta figure something out with him. Um, because the way that contract is a $35 million dead cap. And so Fournette's gonna be out. Um, I think Rashad White, you know, takes over that backfield or at least takes the lead of that backfield. And we saw some promise from him last year. Um, I know that, you know, Brady kind of took over the offense at the end of the season and Fournette got back in there. But with a new quarterback, with a new offensive coordinator, Rashad White's interesting. I agree with you. Actually, Rashad White was my buy too. I just feel like he's still relatively cheap. He's probably about what you would have paid for him to begin with as a draft pick. And I think a lot of people are, are not, they didn't see enough to really raise his value, but I saw enough. I think that the future is bright for Rashad White. And I think that there's a lot of potential there. I'll pivot quickly into my cell, which is Mike Evans, just because I think that the age cliff is coming. I think that he's had a ton of great years. I think it's seven straight years with over a thousand yards. I mean, that's amazing, but that can't happen forever. And I think if Brady leaves, which I'm, you know, 60, 40 at this point that Brady leaves, if Brady leaves, the new QB, QB, QB coming in is probably not likely to, to focus on Evans as much. And I do think Godwin's the up and comer. I think Evans becomes like a Julio Jones type as, as we see from here on out. So I'd be fine to buy Rashad White and sell Mike Evans. And in a weird way, I think you could maybe even pull off the kind of trade where if you have Evans, you might be able to send Evans for Rashad White in a second or something like that. And I might be down with that. I might look for something like that just to kind of get both done on the same trade. Uh, but Scott, what about you? What, who would be a sell candidate, if anyone, on this team? Um, <laughs> so for me, it's, it's Rashad white. There you um, go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm typically selling running backs this time of year. So that's just part oh, of, of my course. philosophy. Yeah. 
So, okay, that makes sense. Um, I don't think, well, in fact, I know you really can't get anything for Evans at this point. So well, I mean, and that's why I'm saying you just want to say like, just okay, out. just yeah. get him off my roster and getting the roster spot is, is enough. Plus, you know, whatever I get back fine. You know, if you're a rebuilding or retooling team, you may just have to do that. Um, but as a, any sort of contender or even close, I'm just going to, his production will outweigh whatever, whatever you get for him in a trade, you just can't get anything. So I'm not, I'm not going to sell him. Um, but Rashad white, I mean, I think he's, um someone i didn't like as much as most other people as a rookie um so i guess that could be my bias playing into it as well uh i just think that offense might be in for a bit of a struggle um at least next season i mean obviously we don't know what's happening there yet so it's hard to really say um and i also feel like because of the fact that, I mean, I literally think I'm, I wasn't just saying some crazy number. Like I literally think there are 20 running backs in this class that could come in and have some sort of role, um, you know, within the first year or two in the league. I mean, I, I some really of them with day that. three so, draft capital. I agree. With I mean, you. Like they're, they're, and if yeah. you're, yeah. And I mean, there's 32 teams in the league. So you, you there's two thirds of the league is probably going to take a running back at some point. Um, you know, and I just think that's that's going to eat into a lot of what these guys do, uh, you know, and I don't know what what's going to happen with Fournette, but I would guess he's just going to be gone. So I, I can't imagine they keep him or resign know. him or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Dave, so. Dave, who's your cell candidate? Anyone on this team that you want to get rid of? Uh, I mean, kind of the same boat like Mike Evans may have opened up a window to sell at the end of the season, but he was so bad this year. His ADP currently is 99.6. Um, not good. He's getting in the fever range. Um, you know, it's just not a good situation. I like so, that I mean, fever range. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say Chris Godwin only on the fact that you can get something for him. Yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, just like Scott said, he, I'm not afraid of, you know, even if Blaine Gabbert's at quarterback, he's still going to give you some production. They could bring in somebody. We could see Jimmy Garoppolo. We could see Derek Carr. We could see sure. maybe maybe they they get a Hen and Hooker at the end of the draft. You know, we could see them do something with the quarterback. Um, but I, I'm doing that startup to so just give you some examples. Chris Godwin, the guy before, well, after him was Jamison Williams. Ooh, you could, mm. if you could take Jamison Williams or Chris Godwin, um, oh, yeah. Like no I mentioned Jameson. earlier, you're looking at the potential. 112 or Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Brandon Ayuk, Marquise Brown, George Kittle. Um, the one so I would pay the 112 for Chris Godwin, yeah, in any league in any format. Um, and then you got uh, you know, Dobbins, Judy, Goff, and a super flex, Terry McLaurin. Like, that's the range, okay? So, okay, you know, so I, I feel like you still get can still get some decent value for him, um, yeah. And, and if you're a contender, like that's like you're sitting at the 111, 112, you want to just get someone that's going to sure up your roster. Boom, it's a good deal for you. And I'm also moving on and I don't have to worry about who's his quarterback, what's going on with the offense. Perfect sense. I can go to get a rookie. So you're saying you would sell Chris Godwin for the 112? I would I mean, buy him for that. In that, in that <laughs> well, ring, I, I would sell him for Jamison Williams and Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, I was going to say the same. I'd rather sell Godwin for a player than a pick at that point. And I think yeah. the, the only other way I would word this is if you're trying to buy picks, now is the time to do it, right? Yesterday was better than today. 
every day those picks go up in value. So if you're trying to buy into the draft, you've got to get on that. And I think if for some reason, and, and this isn't unheard of, if you have Godwin and you're the 111, you didn't quite win. And you're like, you know, maybe my team's just old. I've got a bunch of aging players. Let's say you got there with Brady and Godwin and a couple of other running backs like Leonard Fournette, even like, let's say you're the Bucks and you're just like, man, I don't think I got it. I could see the pivot going to the 112 and, you know, trading that contender that you just lost to and saying, you know what, give me your 112. I'll have two in a row. Uh, maybe I can make something happen with that. You know, there's some logic there. But in general, I'd rather have the known asset than, than the pick that becomes a rookie player, which could bust. I don't think Godwin busts. I think his four is really solid. I would much rather have Jameson Williams for that matter. If I can sell Godwin for Jameson, I'm happy to do that. I think that guy's future is still bright. Um, even if that team keeps Goff, which he played well this year, I don't know why they wouldn't. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of options there. And selling Godwin's not a bad move at all. Let's get to the hold. And, and honestly, Godwin's my hold, right? That, that Partially because like what Scott said, I think that that team is just whatever they do, Godwin's going to be fine. And I think his value probably goes up after the draft. So I'm holding for now. I'm not holding forever. There's no one that's a hold forever. Um, I'm just thinking that Godwin probably has the the most variation and fluctuation on values between now and the beginning of the, the beginning of the next point scoring season. So if I have Godwin, I'm holding. Um, and again, I don't have Godwin, I think, on any teams. I think the, the only team I have him on was with uh, Rocky on Junkies 1, and we traded him for Debo pretty much right before the playoffs. And I mean, that trade panned out because of points, but that's still a tricky one anyway. Like that, you know, did we want Debo or Godwin? I mean, I would still say Debo, but I could see the logic in saying Godwin, you know, like, and there was another, I think there was another pick that kind of helped uh, buoy that Godwin side, but regardless, Godwin's my hold for all the reasons you guys mentioned. Um, but again, I don't think there's anybody in my mind, there's nobody else I really want to hold unless maybe Rashad white, but his value is so low. And I feel like you could still get him for a steal, but Dave, I'll kick it back to you first. Who is your hold on this team? I'll, I'll go with Tom Brady. Um, there you go. And it's you, you. I mean, if you could sell him for something right now, like go ahead and do it. I just, I think right now people are like, yeah, like I'll give you a contingency trade. Like you can have my second round pick if he plays <laughs> this year, or if he's still on the roster by March. But like, you're not going to get like serious offers right now. And he's yeah. the guy that like, I don't see any of these guys getting a serious increase in their value between now and September, except for Brady. He's the only one that could get an increase because if he comes back, if he gets traded, if something happens to confirm his value is going to go from a, a late third round pick to a, a second round pick. And obviously in your super flex, maybe even a little higher. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Scott, what about you? Is Brady your hold too, or do you have another name on that list? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, <laughs> essentially we, we kind of already covered it because I, I would just say Evans is my hold because I don't think you can same logic for him in a trade. So I, if I'm a contender now, if you're, if you take, let's say you take over an orphan and your team's just young and you just want to get the points off, then sometimes it's better to just get anything you can and clear up that roster spot. So you well, know, Jason that, brings that, it up in the like chat. So Fournette has zero value. I noticed none of us mentioned Fournette on any of our yeah. lists. So unfortunately, <laughs> Jason, I, I'm not sure. I Fournette was my other consideration for hold for the same logic. You're not going to get anything for him. I think there's a lot of players in this team that you just can't get much for right now just because of the age and the variation and the unknown future. I think if you have Fournette, he's probably a hold of the three options. I guess I'm holding. I'm not going to sell Fournette right now. There's no reason. I'm sure he's still not buying any Fournette right now. Like, the, yeah, so I... Unfortunately, yeah. Sorry, Jason. He, Looks like he's going down the list there. Fournette has uh it would be five million dead cap, three and a half million in save uh savings. But if he's a post one 
June one designation, three and a half million dead cap, five million cap savings. So mm, yeah. there's okay. a pretty good chance that it's a good he out gets there. Cut. Um, you know, but the year after, however, it's one and a half dead money and seven in cap savings, seven million cap savings. So that's like almost a guarantee at that point. So yeah, yeah. maybe he's there one more year, but he's probably gone. And the only way he stays, I think, is if like an OC comes in, Brady comes back, they try to run it back one more time, you know, fix the line, whatever. But it's kind of, you know, and if that happens, sell. <laughs> Sell, right. Sell, sell, well, that's sell. actually what I was just going to say. Like, that's what you're holding for net for now because you're not getting anything. Right. But any spark of news, get out. Yeah. I mean, if someone sends you a, a 24 second for Fournette, smash accept, right? Like, Take let's it. just move on. Uh, speaking of moving on, let's go to the next, technically the next best team in the division, which was the Carolina Panthers without CMC. Uh, this team looks like some of my dynasty teams where it's like one player and that's about it. Uh, they got Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, Deonta Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, DJ Moore. Anyone else we want to mention? LaVisca, I think, is technically on that team right now. I mean, yeah, that's Marshall. not. Yeah, that, yeah, Terrace Marshall, the third, I think it is, their junior. That, that's one of those teams, again, just looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, it's like, yeah, you need to rebuild, brother. Like, you, you got nothing there. Uh, I'll go first with my buy, which is Sam Darnold. It's been Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's one of those guys that kind of got abandoned by a lot of dynasty managers. Uh, I think he still has a shot to earn that starting role. And I think any starting quarterback has value. And I think right now there is a chance that you can get Godwin or sorry, Godwin, you can get Darnold for next to nothing, depending on what's going on. Uh, the team did just sign Frank Reich as their head coach. So there's some logic there of like, maybe now's the news and now might be not the time to buy. Cause everybody's like, Oh, he's going to, he does well with quarterbacks. We don't really know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold's my buy only because I've been buying him already. And it's kind of like an easy answer. But Scott, I'll kick it to you first on this one. Any of these Panthers players you're looking to add to your roster before we get too deep? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one is is DJ Moore. I think his value is just so depressed at this point. Um, I traded uh, Pat Frymuth for him um, mm. in a few weeks ago. Uh, I guess maybe more like close to the trade deadline. Um and that's a non-tight end premium league. So pretty much any non-elite tight end, I'm always willing to trade in a non tight end premium league. And sure. I mean, I felt like that seems like that just seems low for DJ Moore and like what he's capable of. And obviously they locked him in with that contract. And uh, now that we know Frank Reich's there um, he, even better, uh, most likely they'll get, get the most out of whatever quarterback they end up with um, just based on his track record. So even like Carson Wentz, everybody was, you know, shitting on him, but like he, he had a nice, he had a decent fantasy season sure. anyway in, in Indy there. So I was like, okay, um, fine. I don't care if he sucks for the Colts. What do I care? I just, I just want the fantasy stats. <laughs> right. so, um, Put the points. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say based on that, I mean, I think DJ Moore is kind of the obvious, but you're right. It, it just depends on if he gets a spike right now based on that news. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Anyone on this team you're, you're trying to buy at the moment? To be honest, nobody. Um, yeah. But DJ Moore would be the obvious. Sam Darnold, he may not even be on the Panthers next year. The only quarterback under contract for them is Matt Corral. Not buying Matt Corral. Um, and I'm not going to tell people to go do that. Um, but Darnold <laughs> is. You know, I was earlier, but now. now. Dar Darnold is interesting um, because of the price. And he, he, he did play pretty well. But again, they're having all the changes with the coaching staff. Um, 
So I, if anybody, DJ Moore, um, and that's just because he's a talented player. He's going to get a ton of targets and, um, you know, the price is right right now. You're getting him in the late uh, wide receiver two range. And he gives yeah. you mid, mid mid wide receiver two numbers every year with bad quarterback play. So even if Matt Corral or Sam Donald's is quarterback next year, you know what to get. You know you're going to get. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And and for sells, I mean, I I think it's obvious the sells are the running backs, right? Like Scott said it before, we're barely ever rarely buying running backs this time of year. And if anybody out there feels like for whatever reason Deonta Foreman is the answer in Carolina have him. I'm, I'm happy to sell you those quarter, those running backs at this point. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, even like you give me a third, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'll do whatever you want to get me out of this. Uh, I think there was one league where I remember getting an offer for uh, a 24 third for Chuba Hubbard and I, I hit accept. And then the guy sent me a message. He's like, I meant to send a, a 24 or 24 fourth. Uh, would you want to do the trade for the fourth? And I'm like, I'm not trade. No, I'm not. It's a third no. in a year. Like, no, I'll take the third. I'm not taking the fourth. Like, I don't want to be penny pinching, but like, I'll take a third, but a fourth, what the hell's the point? You know what I mean? Like at that point, it could be 412. Like, I'm not doing that, but a 312, sure. You know what I mean? Like at least it's something. So as weird as that sounds, I was happy to make that trade. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the obvious choice for me. Scott, are you on the same page? I'm guessing you are. I literally wrote down all running backs. Yes. Whatever the running backs, sell them all. Yeah. yeah. Get get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> no further analysis needed. <laughs> Anything from you, Dave, on who would you sell on this team? I mean, I'm, if anyone's interested in Matt Corral, um, you know, there he's you on the block. <laughs> I would yep. trade him if I had him. And, you know, this is the, you know, this is the time where we don't know who their quarterback is. He's the only one on the roster. You can try to sell that to somebody. And even if I'm going from 312 to 303 and I'm throwing, giving you Matt Corral and I'm moving up the board, I'm fine with it. Like, I just, you know. But some people liked him. I mean, you know, check oh, your, yeah. you're in, if you're in leagues with analysts, check their rankings from last year. Whoever had Matt Corral in their top two, go offer him. That's not yeah. a bad move at all. Yeah. And then obviously the hold, I'll go, I'll go to you first, Scott, on the hold. Who is this? Is there anyone on this team you're holding? Um, so I just said all quarterbacks because, there you go. You know, I, I agree that Corral could, you know, absolutely be a sell. Um, and if you can get something for him, great. But um, if not, let's just see what happens and who ends up there. Um, Carl's the only one under contract. You're right. So, but basically any, anyone that they sign, if they were to sign like a, you know, a Baker or, you know, whoever, whoever they end up signing, just that's, if you have them rostered, I'm probably going to hold on to them because I think they may get a little bit of a value bump based on just signing there. But I, I think Frank Reich will get the best out of them. And they have at least some weapons there that more likely than not, their value will go up at some point uh, in season. And then I'd be willing to to sell or, you know, see what actually happens with the team. if Because their defense is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to spend on the offense in free agency and, and in the draft. So, uh, you know, we, we could see a, quite a bit different offense there um next year like i i think frank reich will have like a um a doug peterson effect on that team Mm. now they're not going to have the success because they don't have trevor lawrence but uh, i do think he'll come in and kind of stabilize things and and we'll see them be kind of a 
kind of what they were at the end of last season. You know, Wilkes, I think, did a great job there. You know, they were competitive. They were in games. They were winning games. Um, so I would expect that to continue. I wouldn't expect them to be like in in contention for the 101, you know, next year. You know what I mean? I don't think they'll yeah. be a total trash, especially in that division. Oh, I was just going to say the same, actually. In this division, it's literally up in the air. To me, all four of yeah. these teams could win it next year. Uh, my hold would only be DJ Moore is the only option for a hold, only because, like you kind of said it, I think his value goes up with the more news that we get. I think his value has the most chance to go up, which is why he would be a buy also. I totally get the logic there. Um, but if you have DJ Moore, there's no reason to sell him now. Like You're probably selling him low. Might as well hold. Um, and I do think that he's the one player on this team that is a fantasy game changer. He's someone that of all these players, the only one that I'm likely to start every week. And so that makes him a hold for me just to kind of see what happens. But I don't blame you at all if you want to try to sell him on that either or, or buy him on that even, I guess, in a sense. But I just think that he's got the most uh, most upside left in the tank. So I'll hold that. Next on the list, we've got the New Orleans Saints. Um, what a What a weird polarizing team because in the NFL, it feels like they're not great. But for fantasy, gosh, they've got some good names here. But We've got Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid, Jarvis Landry, Adam Troutman, Juwan Johnson showed up out of nowhere. Lots of names here. Lots of names we've heard of. Um, I, I, Dave, I'll throw it to you first. Who would be your buy out of this massive group of players for this team? Oof. Um, it's, it's tough. Is there to anyone? I mean, I, I like Shahid. I don't think he's someone that's that I'm going to be starting, but like he's someone that, you know, I would be like interested in doing like a throw in on a trade, um, something like that. Um, I just, you know, Chris Olave, the people are, are too sharp to be able to sell him. So I think the price is getting too high for Chris Olave. Um, he's, of course, someone I would check in. You know, people get rookie fever. And if I could give you a, you know, if I can give you a, a we'll say a mid to late first for Chris Olave. And you're going to accept that because you're so excited about the draft. You can have fun on draft day. Cause I'm going to have Chris Olave on my team. So I was actually um, going to say the same thing that my, my buy was Chris Olave, depending on the price, like with an asterisk, there's really yeah. nobody else in this team that I want right now. I mean, I think Kamara still has some left in the tank, but he's got some off the field potential suspension, all this. We'll get into some of that, but Chris Olave is the one, one guy on this team who's rocket boosting up. Who's already, already rocket boosted up, Like he's already up there. So if you can find the right person, then that would be my buy. I'm, I'm with you. And I think other than that, I don't know if any of these guys are a buy. I mean, maybe Adam Troutman, if you if you think that he's going anywhere, maybe Taysom Hill, if you think he sticks around. But yeah, the only one that even stuck out to me as a buy was Chris Olave. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, Scott, anything on your end, I guess, or whether it's Chris Olave or someone else. Yeah, so for the Saints, I wrote down as my buy, Chris Olave, as my sell, Chris Olave, and as my hold, Chris Olave. <laughs> I was actually going to try to do the same sort of thing. I feel like this team is is almost one-dimensional in that regard. Um, I, I Maybe we can use this to pivot. Is there any value in Michael Thomas? I, I'm just being honest. Like, Is there any no. value? Do you want Michael Thomas on your roster? The answer is no. I didn't want Dave, him three years ago. Can't stand there. the guy. No, Dave, no interest. No, there's no value. I mean, he, I guess, would be the hold because you're only going to get, you know, and he might be someone that goes somewhere else. But um, I'm just, yeah, I, I was okay. I was I was okay with the price last year and was, you know, drafting him a little bit. But now I'm just, nah. He you was get burned like the rest of us. In one yeah. of my leagues. Yeah. I I tell my, you. He's my wide receiver three in Scott Fish. 
Mm. Uh, I don't have him a lot in Dynasty, but, you know, I thought, oh, well, you can get Michael Thomas 12th round, 11th round. I'm okay with that. Risk it. Yeah. You got to play a different. Yeah. Rashid Jaheed was better. Scott, what was the trade that you were talking about? Okay, so Michael Thomas, it was an early third, four. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and a a mid-fourth. So basically moved up around to get rid of Landry and Thomas. <laughs> Basically just clearing roster spots for us. Yeah. So that, you know yeah, that I'm feels saying? very much so, like a team that has 10 open roster spots and is like, y'all yeah, trade back around to add two players. that could be worth something. Yeah. I've got yeah. a couple of those teams. Yep. That, you know, just to scraping the, the waiver wire barrel every week and just seeing what you can get. I don't mind that. I, if that's not a throw in, I don't know what is, you know? So, yeah. Well, and that obviously pins on Jarvis Landry too. I mean, is there any value yeah. in him? The answer is probably not much either. Right. right. Unfortunately. Nah, the, um, the, the guy, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Now I'm going to sells. Yeah. 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 Any sells here? Anyone you want to sell Dave? Yeah. I, if you can get anything for those tight ends. Um, oh yeah. You know, Juwan Johnson had some decent games last year. Um, you know, he looked good. He had some, you know, tight end one performances. And if anybody's interested in Taysom Hill, you know, those, those guys, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot for them, but like those guys are, you know, tight ends are hard to find, find someone that doesn't have a tight end on their team and say, Juwan Johnson's young. If you want them. Well, I think you're kind of in the nail on the head there. Taysom Hill is one of those guys that, uh, he he was you know tight end three if I'm looking at this correctly in in a lot of leagues and if you're one of those and I have a couple of these I play with if you're one of those people that looks at end of year rankings and sees the three there you're like hell I'll go get Taysom Hill right and you're like hey he's tight end three go get him you know who else was in the top ten though it was Jawan Johnson at tight end eight same logic like you know this is non PPR scoring your scoring may vary but the same point still stands he was in the top ten in almost every format. And so if you're looking at this, like, you know, you don't have a tight end. Let me help you out here. I'll give you the tight end eight on the year. You know, find some threads on Twitter. Find some articles that, that pump up Jawan Johnson and go get a second. You know what I mean? Like, there might be someone out there willing to do that gladly. So I, I'm with you. The tight ends are the cells to me here. Only because I feel like, and not necessarily Adam Troutman, I feel like he really disappointed. But it's really because the other two did everything else. Um, but yeah, if you can get anything for Taysom Hill and Jawan Johnson, that's exactly where my brain goes. What about you, Scott? Uh, Other than Chris yeah, Olave, of course. He, he was, <laughs> yeah. So Jawan Johnson, for example, is very touchdown dependent. And yep. um, that's another team. We just don't know what's going to be happening with that offense, too. Who's going to be the quarterback? And, uh, you know, there, there's just so many questions. I, I mean, I don't know. So I would say sell everyone. Don't worry about holding anybody. I mean, maybe maybe the hold would end up being Camara just because you can't get anything. He'll probably have that suspension add in next year. So sell anyone you can and and probably hold Camara if you're a contender yeah. because you're not going to get anything for him. So that's actually exactly what I was going to say. Was Camara is the only one I would hold, and then I was even going to add a drop category for Michael Thomas and Juice. You know, <laughs> Jarvis Landry. I feel like. Some of these guys yeah. are, are not even worth the roster spot anymore. And I think it, Michael Thomas is a prime case of someone who I want someone else to deal with that headache. Right. I, I, and if you drop him and someone else picks him up and he blows up, you, you still did the right thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, it's just one of those up. weird situations for Alvin Kamara. Let's talk about that for a hot second here. I think Alvin Kamara is one of those guys that has a ton of value in the right system. It just hasn't been the right system for the last two years. I don't know if it'll ever get back to the right system. He's an aging running back with tread on the tires and off the field issues. 
if you can still sell him on name value, go for it. I have him in a couple of leagues, and I can tell you that the offers I'm getting for him are terrible because everybody's on the same page. Everybody who's paying attention knows his. it might be over. He might be the Todd Gurley of this season that goes from something to nothing in, in one year, right? Or the Lev Bell, you know, one of those, like, just drops off the cliff. Um, so, yeah, if you can get anything for Kamara, go for it. But, I mean, I don't mind holding him either on the same kind of logic of just being like, well, if he's only worth a third, I might as well just hold on and watch the ride because what's a third worth anyway? You know, like maybe there's a chance he gets traded or they, they get hell. Let's say they get Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton comes back, which both of those things are unlikely. But if some crazy thing happens, Alvin Kamara might be worth something on the news and and sell him on the news. That's that's the obvious choice here. So, yeah, Chris Olave across the board. That's our answer. <laughs> I love that, Scott. Well put. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about the Saints? I think we've said enough. I'll just say one more thing on Kamara again for the whole reason. Um, there are people out there that do think that it's a, it was a system thing, not a Kamara thing. I know when I put stuff on Reddit, I got a bunch of people out there. I don't think he's done all kind of, but I don't think he gets suspended for a long time. Um, he did not, it was not a situation where he was, you know, this wasn't a woman. This was a man. Um, I know they got a video, right. But I don't think this is going to be a, a six-game suspension. I think it's going to be two games, a smaller game. So you hold this, and he gets a two-game suspension, and he could get traded. I think there's been yep. a lot of rumors about him getting traded. I think he does. And if he gets traded, there's your opportunity to sell. Two-game you know, two suspension. The suspension comes out. Trade comes out right after. Then you could sell. I agree. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think that says a lot. Let's go to the Falcons, the last of the four teams in the NFC South for this breakdown tonight. Um, Top fantasy options here. We had Mariota, Ritter, quarterbacks, I guess, Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota. We have uh, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Another one of those teams kind of in a way like the Bucks, where it's like a lot of fun names for fantasy, but just I don't know if there's a lot of value on the field here in a way. Um, I'll start, I guess, with mine on this one. My buy would be Kyle Pitts. Again, if you can get the right price, uh, I think a lot of people that have Pitts have held Pitts and are not going to sell him for less. And and they're willing to ride this out. They didn't sell him six weeks ago. They're not going to sell him now. But you might be able to find the right person who's just fed up with it and doesn't think the Falcons are going anywhere. I think your your only buy window for him could be right now. I, I do think he's a talented re- you know, receiving asset on this team. I think he's very talented as a player in the NFL and all that. I think he'll get his looks. If you can get the right price, it's Pitts. But I don't blame you for not – I wouldn't say buy high. I'm not saying, you know, go go sell the farm uh, and give up everything for Pitts. But I think this might be your only dip in the next 12 to 18 months uh, because the further we get from that injury, the more people realize and remember not only how good Pitts is and how he was in his rookie year, but how dried up the tight end landscape is. There's just – it's Kelsey and everyone else now. And and I think that there used to be a couple different tiers in there, depending on how you worded it. But honestly, I feel like it's Kelsey, maybe eight tight ends that you're okay starting. And the rest of it's just a crapshoot. So if you can get pits at a fair price or low discount price, I'm all for it. But I don't know. I feel like that's, that was the easiest option, I guess, in my book, but there is not an easy buy here. I guess, Dave, what do you think? Is there, is there a buy you like on this team? Um, Drake London, uh, it, it, depending on the cost. I mean, he's fallen behind some of these other guys who finished a year stronger. Um, I, I do think he's a very talented player. I'm just looking at the board of, you know, this current draft of where he went. Um, and honestly, in this draft, it's a bad example because he went very high in this draft 
and he went ahead of Chris Olave. He went ahead of. I just don't think that happens in your draft. I know. I think he's, you know, he's probably more in the twenty to twenty-four range, and you can get him maybe even cheaper than that. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I think that they are a very good candidate to bring in somebody like an Aaron Rodgers. But I, I have Derek Carr going to the Atlanta Falcons. They have a ton of cap space, the third most in the league. They got some young weapons. I don't think they fully believe in Desmond Ritter. And they tried to trade for Deshaun Watson last year. Um, and and this is a this is a very poor division. Um, Derek Carr can get out of the AFC away from Mahomes and Herbert and everybody. <laughs> he could go to the NFC and win eight games and win the division. It'd be pretty crazy, and it's definitely possible. Yeah. What about you, Scott? Are you on the same page here? Yeah, I think Atlanta is going to be a popular team for landing spots for all these quarterbacks. You know, whether free agents. Um, trades or or even rookies so yeah it'll be interesting but drake london is is who i put down i mean i'm i drake london's my guy so um i i think he he definitely showed he's a competent receiver uh mariota's terrible so the fact that he did anything and then i uh, did a little better there with with ritter so that was nice to see um i think you know pitt's values still pretty up there although i have seen some trades for him um so yeah it would, it would be drake london for me I, I don't want to get into pretty much anywhere else and, and london's really the only guy that we know for sure <laughs> it's like signed on that roster as a wide receiver you know like pretty yeah. much everybody else is is gone traded or is a free agent well i'll, I'll just say this and the the dlf adp that came out has pits at tight end one which again is going to make it tough, right? And I, 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 I'm not saying sell him at tight end one or buy him at tight end one price. I'm saying if you can get a discount, buy him because that's the only way I would try. But London is wide receiver 15, and he is oh, at the really? end of the fourth round. So there are some wow. some real truthers out there on London too. So as much as you want to say Pitts's price is pretty high, <laughs> there are a lot of London truthers that are not going to let yeah. him go either. That seems um, crazy. Actually, I don't and I love now. London. <laughs> But that's yeah, crazy. I'm out. That's that super flex ADP, right? So what I'm saying, and I'm skipping ahead a little, but London was my hold because I feel like that team can only go up, and I think London is the guy that I want on that team at the current price. I I do think Pitts is probably the better player and the better asset, but if I have Pitts, I'm clearly holding because I've already held this long. So there's no advice. You don't have to tell someone to hold Pitts. You know what I mean? London. I think there are people that are potentially scared and trying to sell. I'm saying hold. You guys are saying buy. That is the same kind of advice. Um, so again, not to skip too far ahead in the, in the system here, but I wanted to hit that on London, but I guess let's talk about sells then next Scott, who would be your sell out of this team? Is there anyone you want to sell or get out of at the moment? Yeah. I mean, any and all running backs, uh, as always, I never yep. had any, uh, Patterson, um, I guess, unfortunately, uh, you know, for two years ago, but, um, Tyler Algier is a guy that I didn't have a ton of shares in my portfolio, but. Uh, I think I've sold all of them at this point. So I, I'm I'm selling. I think he's a replaceable guy. I mean, he's he's solid and he can do everything and he could very well be the guy next year. But um, again, just a lot of running backs, a lot of free agents, a lot of rookies, and he's just not a special talent. I don't think that offense is going to be so great that he's going to have so many, you know, scoring opportunities and all that. So I just, I just think, uh, he had a nice end of the year. Um, his, his, his stock is up a little bit. Um, I think he's a good sell candidate. 
Algiers definitely could sell Canada. What about you, Dave? Who would you sell on this team? Yeah, I, I'll start out with Algiers as my my first because that's the same same thing. Uh, I put an article out there about you know the you know, age cliff running backs, um, but I also said you know don't forget about draft capital guys. You know there he's a risk, and last last year he did re- really well when Huntley went down, and so that was a big part of his surge at the end. And uh, Huntley was a good running back, but both those guys could easily be replaced by one of these backs, you know, and they have, I don't think I get a veteran, you know, in the, the uh, NFL free agency, but I think in the draft, they could bring someone in just a low draft capital, you know, even, even not this year, maybe even two years down the road. Um, But Desmond Ritter, if you can get something for him right now, like I said, I, I do think they are a prime and they could even draft a quarterback with higher draft capital. But I think that, if you can get something for him, you try to you try to go get it now. Whether it's using him plus something to move up the draft board, or getting some draft capital for him, I just if they liked him and really believed in him, he would have started sooner. Mariota was playing awful. Number two, they would have drafted yeah. him higher. And so this guy was they passed him up twice, I think. Twice, yeah. Um, so I just you don't you you're not really invested in him. Um, if you're risking passing him over twice and he didn't play enough or play well enough at the end of the year for them to be like, that's our guy. Um, so yeah. again, I think, I think they do get somebody in free agency. Well, here, so I'll, I'll kind of piggyback on both of you. It, Ritter and Algier are both sells for me as well. I think running backs are always good sells. Both of these quarterbacks, if you can get something from Mariota, go for it. I don't care. Um, but again, to reference DLF ADP, because I thought this was entertaining when I was looking at this, uh, which would you have earlier in a super flex ADP Ritter or Algier? Oh, Ritter. <laughs> Ritter is one spot ADP ahead of Algier. Ritter is 102 at QB 27 oh, ahead geez. of guys like Tannehill and Howell. And then you, and those are the quarterbacks. And then you've got Algier yeah. at running back 29 ahead of Brian Robinson and Leonard Fournette, like we just talked about. Like wow. 101 and one, or sorry, 102 and 103 in ADP by, per DLF. Now, granted, that is it's a four mock draft sample, so it's a little bit fluky in a sense, but that still tells you a little bit about where their values are. Is it's it's almost they're they're even in a sense, and players going right around them is Isaiah Pacheco is right ahead of both. I'd rather have Pacheco than both of those guys. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with that logic. But if they're only one spot away, someone out there might disagree. And if you can send Ritter for Pacheco plus a pick which I think is possible in some leagues because Pacheco is a running back and people hate running backs and Ritter's a quarterback and super flex, you need quarterbacks. So you could sell the hell out of that narrative and make some money on that. So I'm looking at this, like if you're going to sell these guys, find guys in similar ADP and check the market, check the community as much as you can do Twitter polls, whatever tag us on this. Um, but find out what the value is because right now, and again, we're all, all three of us on this tonight are, have, have been in this dynasty game for a while. I personally think the most value fluctuations change in January with the offseason starting and all the speculation. They then change a lot at the draft in April. And so the May ADP is all wonky. And then you see a lot of things change during the season, usually in October is what I find is when you actually see players step up and fall down. But right now, January is a really good time to try to strike on those value changes. And so, again, these are prime examples of that in my mind. If you can sell Ritter for something now, please go for it. I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, I don't know if we want to spend too long on the hold. Is there any holds for you, Scott, on this team? Or is it all kind of, eh, do what you can, get what you can, take them, leave them, don't care? What do you think about this? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I put Pitts. Um, yeah, just because I mean, I think you could, I think you could sell if you can, if there's an opportunity for you to get a nice return. Uh, and we might be talking about that, uh, shortly coming up. Um, shadowing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's going to depend. I haven't really, a few of my pictures I've, I've kind of, you know, looked around in some leagues to see, you know, what I could get, but mostly I'll probably hold. I just don't, he, he's like, he's almost like a court, like a young quarterback where he's kind of got mm. value insulation just because of like the hype and the age and the, all, you know, everything that he does. So um, I just, I don't see a reason to sell him unless it's, you know, you're a contender, it's making you better and it's going to get you maybe over the hump. So, you know, that could be a possible scenario. Um, and I'm probably not buying him cause I just don't want to pay that. Right. You know, I'd rather just, you know, give me Kelsey for a lot less, a lot cheaper. Yeah. Potentially more production um, for the next two yeah, years. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially Andrew's values down. I'll take Andrew's too, if I can get a discount on him. So, well, this tight um, just, this, real quick, this year for tight ends was wonky, wasn't it? Like yeah. coming into this year, yeah. we had like Darren Waller and George Kittle and uh, well, TJ Hawkinson, like all these that. guys. And then they just sort of all got shuffled in who the hell knows now. Like Waller's worth nothing now, which we'll get yeah. into on the AFC West. But um, yeah, Dave, what about you? Any holds on this team that you want to discuss? No. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you covered it. I mean, no. yeah, no. I, I think, I, and I think you made a good, good be- Scott made a good point to, to sell pits. And I know that's like blasphemy and Twitter and right. Twitter, but um, even coming off a bad year, he still has got a ton of value. And so I'm, I don't have any pits cause he's too expensive, but um, I would trade him if I have him. Well, I think this is maybe the other part. And I mentioned this to the point where it's almost my, my tagline now, but like timing is everything, right? There's no reason to sell pits in season. The injury happened. He went on IR. Like there's no, but now the season's over. Now is the time to sell him, right? Literally three weeks ago, when the season was still t- kind of happening and all this, you probably weren't going to get the price you're getting now for pits because now people are looking to 2023. Now the past doesn't matter anymore. Pits is back to tight end one, as I just said, in tight end ADP and all this. Like now is the time to go sell pit or to, you know, get the, the king's ransom for pits. Uh, and if you didn't have to pay a ton and you just used a draft pick on him, which a lot of people did, you know, yeah. you might have the might have been a 103 that year you took pits, right? Well, you might be able to get maybe not Bijan, but you might be able to get the 102 for pits. And in this year, that could be, you know, Stroud or Young, which could be a better pick. So, I mean, it depends on how you want to play this game and what you think you can get for him. Always, always, always. Timing is everything, but price is king, right? Don't just sell to sell. Don't just buy to buy. All of our advice was based on valuation. It's not saying you know, go sell Chris Godwin, no matter what, go buy DJ more, no matter what, that's not it. Go, go shop, go find the price. Um, don't be that guy in your league that doesn't make any moves this off season. And then goes into next season without anything. And you just kind of are stale and stagnant. Go do something, go figure it out. Uh, if you're in a bunch of leagues, like the rest of us, and if you're a junkie like us, you probably are in a bunch of leagues, uh, pick one. I do this a lot in the off season, pick one and find that whole, take that whole week and find trades. Send offers, send players, send, you know, send notes, like just focus on that one league. And then the next week, pick a different league and try something else. Yeah. Try you know, go get what you can. Uh, I think if you do that all off season and kind of focus on it one at a time, your teams will significantly get better. Even if it's little stuff, you can make a ton of money at the margins. You can make moves to trade up in rounds and things like that. Um, like I said before, too, that now is the time to trade for picks right before the, the better would have been a year ago. Right. So every day that goes by is a worse day. 
Um, so go trade now if you want picks. If you want a, a rookie pick and it's on the clock, you're going to have to pay out the nose. Nobody wants that. So I think that pretty much sums us up for the NFC South. Appreciate that, guys. That was pretty good. I think that we went through a lot of good info there. But with that, we got to get to our last segment of the night, my favorite segment of the whole show. Find me a trade. Find me a trade. I don't know if it played the first time, but we played it the second time. There's our friend Brian Har. So this one's find me a trade. Uh, I'll read some of the instructions here, and then I'll pull up the team if you want to read off the names uh, when we get to that point, Scott. But I'll, I'll sure. read through this first. Submitted by former Ridley Truther, uh, who is in the chat tonight. Thanks for showing up, Corey. Appreciate that. Uh, the team is Flexual Production, and it's an ultra flex league. So I want to spend a second talking about this. I've only ever seen, I think, one of these for Find Me a Trade. This is a very unique format. It's a 12-team, uh, I guess start 10, but it's two super flex and then eight regular flex. You don't have to start any tight ends. You don't have to start any running backs. You don't have to start any receivers. Uh, you technically don't have to start any quarterbacks. It's literally entirely up to you. There's a maximum of two quarterbacks and a maximum of 10 every other position, really. Um it makes for some wild stuff. Let's just put it that way. But the other point to this, it's a six-point passing touchdown league, negative one for interception, negative two for pick six. I like that there's a difference there. Uh, half point per first down, various yardage bonuses all across the board. It is tiered PPR, which this was something interesting too. Wide receivers 1.15, running back 1.25, and tight end full 2.0. That's a pretty hefty premium on the tight end in that book. Uh, this is, again, it's a 12-team league with 25 roster spots, plus 5 IR and 4 taxi. Uh, Corey's thoughts, he said, we thought with zero roster requirements, it'd be nonstop trading, but it ended up being a semi-stale league. And this happens sometimes, where you're just like, man, it's the right settings, and it just doesn't line up. Solid league mates, though. I'm in other leagues with every one of them. My team, I went in thinking I was a contender with a high tight end premium, but ended up middling with no clear direction. Made a trade early on for Kyler, but now he'll be out into 2023 season. Help. Thanks, gents. Uh, so with that, I'll bring up his roster real quick here. And I've before we do up. that, we, we got him in the chat, of course. Thank you, Corey. F Matt for life. That's right. We're going to try to see what we can do to help you out. Uh, so give me just a second to pull up I've, his I've ro got the oh, roster. Oh, go for it. You want to start reading screen? it? Yep. Okay. You want to start reading it? Yep. That's perfect. All right. So quarterback group, he has Dak, uh, the aforementioned Kyler, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, running back, a whole whole mess of them nobody really uh <laughs> you know Devin Singletary Zonovan Knight Justin Jackson Hilliard Hasty Evans Ford Connor Warren Chandler Chestnut Malik Davis um Amon Ross St. Brown KJ Osborne and Rondale Moore are the only three wide receivers on his roster and then tight ends is is where he's hammered it so he's got Knox Higby and Joku Fryermuth, Everett Johnson, Hill, Kosicki, Alberto, and Kyle Pitts, and Trey McBride. Um, and then uh, no first-round picks, but uh, pretty much the entire end of the second round uh, and third round, um, and then his 24 picks as well. Yeah, this is a – I don't know if this is a good team or bad team. That's why I start with this. Like, man, I, this, this roster requirements thing is tricky because, like, you don't need running backs. You don't need tight ends. It makes everything a little bit different. Usually I like to say, well, what's my strength? What's my weakness? You know, when I'm finding a trade. So I appreciate you bringing this one to us, Corey. This is a fun one. Uh, Dave, why don't we start with you first? I know you had some interesting thoughts that you jotted down on the sheet here. So why don't we kind of kick it to you to start and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. And to touch base on the, you know, the ultra flex concept, 
I, I think it's interesting, but you also are making it so flexible that like people don't have to make trades and, and right. that's like, it, it didn't work out. You know, I always say like add a flex if you want to like make your league more uh, adding eight flex and getting rid of all the, you know, people have to have running backs on receivers. So I think that the draft strategies can show you who values per certain positions. And so you see that certain teams thought and probably would have done what I did. If I don't have to draft tight end, I'm out. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking Kelsey or no one. And so those, like you have three teams combined have one tight end. So those teams, I think obviously, you know, if you can convince them to take a tight end, Maybe they're, you know, someone that you could sell to because they don't have anybody. I think those three teams combined for Adam Troutman. But they're probably not very interested in tight ends. I would, in this strategy, of course, with Superflex, wanted to, you know, scoop up as many quarterbacks as I, as I could. Um, so I would take those tight ends and I would see what I can get, whether it's draft capital, packaging and, and, and pairing people. I don't care if I end up with zero tight ends on my entire roster at the end of the offseason. I would rather beef up my receivers and my quarterbacks because that's going to be the strength of your team the rest of the year. Throw out the premium. It's great when Tyler Higby has 10 catches this week and you got 20 points for it. That's fantastic. So you probably didn't start him. He gets no catches. (laughs) You're like, what the hell? So, like, you got to get those quarterbacks. They're king and super flex. And Dak and Kyler, like, they're good. Um, but you want, like, you want to try to get an elite option, but you definitely got to get something more than those other guys. Well, yeah. And I think with his backups being Tannehill, who might not be playing an Ellinger and, and Murray being hurt, I mean, you're, you're going to need somebody there. I agree with your logic. Was there anybody specific, I guess, that you would want to target as a quarterback? I know you mentioned a couple in your thing, like anybody you would want to try to reach out to and kind of get the feelers on. Yeah. I mean, like Geno Smith ended the year on a little bit of a, on a sour note. He's someone that you could, you know, possibly go and get. He's, he feels a lot older than he actually is. Mm. He's two years younger than Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's 32 years old. I do think the Seahawks, you know, get him. And people are concerned with two first round picks. Do the Seahawks go and draft a quarterback? And I'm not telling you they're not going to, cause they possibly could. But I do think that that drives the price down. They could franchise tag him. They could go and transition tag him. And even if they, let's say they drafted, you know, uh, quarterback at 18, not in that first pick, the second pick, they could get someone. Maybe they sit behind Gino for a year. Um, you know, I think Gino's, he's earned himself. And Gino could also go somewhere else. I mean, he's someone that if they decided to not work something out, he could go to Atlanta. He could go to the Jets. Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, he no can go to Tampa Bay, New Orleans. <laughs> um, but Gino is just kind of a cheaper option that I think he would get to be that bridge until Kyler's healthy. I like that. I think, too, just to kind of tie it in with where we talked earlier, I mean, you might be able to go out and get a Matt Corral on the cheap. You might be able to go out and get an Andy Dalton on the cheap. I don't think that's a bad idea with the way this roster is set up and with the way that, you know, quarterbacks might need something. Um and, and here's, again, really really truth in the chat. I'll put this on the screen. This ended up being the worst year to hoard tight ends in a high tight end premium league. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a tight end salesman. Oh, I completely man. agree, Corey. You got kind of shafted this year. Like, if this was any other year, you were probably on the right strategy here. 
Um, if Murray was healthy, I would say package Pitts and Murray and go up and get a big dog. I just don't think you can do it right now with Murray's injury. Well, yeah. And so, and, and I'll kind of piggyback on yours to get to my trade real quick. Mine was, and I think we kind of hit on this, the, the draft capital. I, I feel like this team is probably, if you're in the middle, then the only way to go is up or down. You don't want to be in the middle. Like the worst place to be is that, you know, fifth through ninth kind of spot. Like if you're going to be bad, be bad. So my thought would be, let's, let's try to look into 2024. Let's see if maybe I can get some more first. Uh, he has, I th- think it looks on here. He's got one twenty-four first, from what I can gather. Um, and then a mm-hmm. second, a third, fourth. Yeah. So he's just got the, the normal picks yeah. for 24. So my pick, my trade was going to be to send somebody like a Dawson Knox for a 24 first. Now, the only thing that I'm not sure that trade gets done as it is, it's kind of the skeleton of the trade. You might need to flesh it out with some other pieces. But I think with the seconds you've got, you might be able to do, you know, Dawson Knox in a 23 second for a 24 first and second, you know, something like that, where you trade back a year in, in a sense and have somebody trade up. I think you might be able to pull off a trade like that in a high tight end premium. You might have somebody who's looking like uh, the the Joe to Tiger team is who I was talking about making this trade with because they don't have any tight ends. Um, and again, uh, from our, our pre-show talk, Scott was saying he's familiar with this manager and is uh, Joe to Tiger is a phenomenal uh, dynasty player. I'll just put it that way. And so he knows what he's doing, but he might look at this and still think, man, it'd be nice to have a tight end. And, and with that tight, two point tight end premium, maybe there's some upside there I'm missing out on. And a 24 first, not everybody's excited by those. And again, Joe to Tiger only has two picks this year. So he might be one of those players that doesn't like draft picks. I know I'm usually one of those people that tends to send my picks away and I don't have a lot of them. So I, as soon as you give me my new picks, I'm trading them for players. You know what I mean? Like give me my 25 picks MFL. Let's trade those away. Um, so that was kind of my trade was a Dawson Knox for a 24 first. Scott, what do you think about that? Am I on the right track here or not? Yeah, I mean, as far as moving a tight end, 100%. Um, you know, I mean, you guys both nailed it. Um, as usual, Dave's right on with with his breakdown um, of everything here. I mean, essentially what you have to do is is we got to go back to basics here. We got to keep it yeah. simple. We got to trade from strength, right? And, and number two, we got to look at the league format and go, okay, it's flex. So really, we're just going to break this thing down on a, a, a points per per week right you know points per game points per week and and try to put points in our lineup so sometimes the names aren't the prettiest and i think this is the perfect scenario in which you know you could trade pits right because you can say i mean i have you know you know and and probably not everybody feels the same but like i i love fryermuth i like Knox, and i like njoku and gesicki and mcbride and like so whatever i mean pick whatever two or three guys you like there and let's try to move the other ones um and i mean Pitts <clears throat> is a guy that's gonna have obviously the most value so why not turn in turn him into more points in your lineup and the other thing that dave said was Let's try to maybe get off Kyler to a different quarterback and or just add other quarterbacks. Um, so I kind of I'll just jump into mine. So I kind of came yeah. up with with two options. Initially, the first thing I wanted to do was just add a quarterback just to get some depth there and figure out what I have with Kyler. Because, again, we don't know the offense. We don't know what's going to happen there. So we might want to hang in and 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 see um, especially since didn't he say he just traded for him, right? So well, yeah, I was actually I wanted to bring that up. He did trade after Kyla got hurt. He pretty much sent Lance and some picks for Murray. Yeah, and I mean okay. that trade ends up looking pretty solid right now in my book. But yeah, so I mean, it's still that's, risky. and that's 
that's fine. Um, and so Dak obviously being a buy candidate isn't really a sell candidate. So maybe we just, and we don't know, maybe Tannehill sticks around another year in Tennessee. Maybe he goes somewhere else for be a bridge or something. Um, but this team, uh, Don Laurent, basically you could give up. This was, this was interesting. The only reason that I'm going to mention this trade real quick, and then I'll get into my, my main actual trade is I put it in the trade calculator and it came up dead even. So I just thought it was funny. And I was like, well, this accomplishes two things. And it's literally 30. It's literally (laughs) dead even. So Kyle Pitts for um, Mac Jones and Michael Pittman. And it doesn't seem like enough for Kyle Pitts to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I can actually do that trade, to be honest with you. But I just thought it was really interesting that it was dead even in in the calculator. Um, But again, that's why calculators are, you know, it's a guide, right? Um, But what that does is, it, it divests you of pits, which you don't really need. You add another quarterback, which I think is probably a buy candidate right now for me with them getting Bill O'Brien. Um, I, I think that's going to put him back on the right track uh, and, and hopefully, you know, get him going to where he should be. And Michael Pittman is also a guy that I really like, even though we don't necessarily know what Indy's offense is going to look like. Um, but he is the guy there. I mean, so I, I, I believe in him. Uh, and, and that's just going to put points in your lineup, essentially, right? That's going to, you know, Mac will give you death, depth. Pittman will probably be a starter. Um, so, you know, a small thing you could do. Now, if you don't feel like real, that's enough. Real, real quick on that one. I did, I did want to mention this. You hit on it perfectly. That doesn't feel like enough for Pitts, right? Yeah, it doesn't. But it doesn't. if you're breaking it down by points and taking names out of it, it's entirely fair. Because I think what you're getting, the pits to Mac Jones points per game is, if not equal, Mac Jones has a higher upside because he's a quarterback. And I think that offense is going up. Right. And you're adding Michael Pittman, which you're getting kind of for free if you're just talking points. So I think this is exactly in in an ultra flex league. I think your analysis is exactly right here. You need to kind of take some names out of it because you don't really have a need at tight end. You don't have a need at receiver. You don't have a need at quarterback. I mean, maybe a quarterback because you still can only start two. but you have to be kind of more strategic with the points and how you deploy these players because they're, they're pretty equal in that sense. You don't have to start a tight end. You could start three, one week and zero the next, like mm-hmm. that could be seen as a pro or a con. I'll tell you what, this kind of league would frustrate the crap out of me. It, my brain would go nuts with this. I'd be like, I'd be fidgeting with my lineup all week. You know what I mean? There's no set it and forget it position because they're all flex. But I just wanted to mention that. Like, I agree with you, but at the same time, Mac Jones and Pittman would make this team better. So I actually really like that trade, but yeah, get into your bigger one too. I so, want to make sure we give it a lot of time for this. And this is where we're really going to have to throw out names because I I have a, a similar um, scoring setup in a league. So I use that to base this on, and I'm really going to have to throw out names here because I mean, it's, you're probably not going to like it, but um just you're going to put more points in your lineup and and i want to get off kyler honestly i don't want it really anything to do with him um so i'm kind of trying to like maybe buy players that are their value might be down a little bit right now um so sending away kyler um you know singletary i just picked singletary you can pick any one of those running backs uh again pits kyle pits um and then you know you could throw in one of your seconds or whatever i don't know just to make it happen right for lamar jackson deandre swift and dk metcalf 
And I mean, you're, you're not, you're not getting younger. You're not getting sexier. Like that's, you know, again, it's not really uh and you might feel the way I feel about Kyler. Maybe you feel about Lamar, right? Like not everybody loves Lamar and you know, we don't know, is he going to be the guy there or whatever they have a new, they're going to have a new OC, you know, there's questions, but I think that's why you can get him. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if there wasn't, I don't think you could do this trade. Um, well, you know, as soon as he resigns or goes somewhere else, the Lamar's price goes up. Yeah. And that's yeah, going to exactly. happen. He's, he's going to have exactly. news that's going to have his price go up. So now is the this perfect is your time window. to buy Lamar. This is yeah. your window. Agreed. I'm going to be trying to buy a few shares myself. Um, you know, he's still only 26. Uh, you know, now DeAndre Swift, I know a lot of people are just kind of out on him at this point. You know, Jamal Williams is a free agent. We'll see. I mean, they kind of made him the third down back this year, but he still showed it when he's healthy, man. He can just take anything to the house. Like he's that big play guy. Um, you know, so I that gives me kind of like an anchor piece at running back. And then you can mix and match all those other backs you have. Like I I love the roster build at running back. Like what you did there is is awesome. That's that's what you're supposed to do because those guys, when they play, you know when they're playing, they're going to get you points. And and not when they're not playing, you you're not starting them. So you're not hurting yourself. Um and then DK just getting yourself a solid receiver that's going to come in and no matter who that quarterback is, probably Gino for at least another year. Um, you know, DK should continue to be the guy there hopefully have a little more touchdown upside um, in the future, but you know, a a solid piece and in the scoring, you know, you're going to gain at least 10 points a week. I don't know what the yardage bonuses are, but it should help you significantly because Singletary and Pitts weren't getting you any yardage bonuses. Well, right? it was like Whereas 0. 0.5 get points for like games, 20 yards and like, you, you know, know, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, none of those guys that you're trading away are, we're going to get you really any yardage bonuses. Whereas, right. Any one of these guys that you're trading for could be the the quarterback one, the running back one, the wide receiver one any given week. So you're giving yourself that ceiling as well as not just putting the average points in your lineup, but you're getting that ceiling play additionally. So I felt like that was necessary to to kind of get that next step towards uh, being a true contender. Yeah, I, I thought this was more of like you're trading a similar floor for a higher ceiling, kind of like what you just said. Where like yes. you're you're getting a lot more upside on these players, and this actually again this remind this roster this construction build and all this reminds me a little bit of like a best ball team, where you have yeah. no control over who's going right. where. Well, that means you're looking for ceiling, and I think maybe yeah. that's the general advice that I would give to you here, Corey, is is go get players with the highest possible ceiling. You did a great job at running back. I, I think Scott put it perfectly. Like you want players like Mike Davis and and Snoop Connor and Jamichael Hasty. You're not going to start them unless somebody's hurt and you know you need to. But when you need to, you're going to love it. They're going to have a great week. But in this in this league, you don't have to start any running backs. So you, you're not hurting if you only have those kind of guys. Um, and if you've got a ton of tight ends like this, you can start six tight ends one week and then not any the next, like I said. So, Dave, I know it's been a minute since we've heard your voice here. So what, what would you say about these trades or this uh, basic thesis we're going on here for Corey's team? Yeah, I'd say the, the the first thing is you need to inventory the, the league, and you can base that on moves or just conversations with people. I never just throw people on the trade block because all it does is mean Scott and Andrew are going to throw their people on the trade block. Nothing actually gets accomplished. Um, and it's the, like, you know, sell me this pen. The first thing you need to do is you find out if I need a pen. And so I, I'm going and just I'm DMing people and saying, Yo, Scott, are you interested in Kyle Pitts? Yo, Andrew, are you interested in Kyler Murray? If the if he says no, 
then like why am I selling him Kyler Move Murray? Move on. Yep. And because right. even if I sell him Kyler Murray, he's not going to give me this this great price. And so you move in silence. You don't do it in the chat. You go and talk to people. <laughs> and then you find out, okay, well, these three teams are selling. Okay, now you do an inventory. I, I, I have tight ends. They need tight ends or they like tight ends. They want this blue pen. Then you go in and, and move it. But it's, it's, it's also like a lot of wasted time by just like throwing random offers out there. Go and talk to people. Find out who's selling, who's buying. And first thing first, you need to figure out if you're selling or you're buying. And then match the needs. No, I, I like that. And here again, Corey back, Corey back in the chat, recovering Ridley Truther. Thanks, gents. This league was one of those looks good on paper ideas. Midsummer yeah. offseason boredom spawned. <laughs> good league mates, though. I, I've joined plenty of those leagues. You're like, well, this sounds fun. And then two years later, you're like, not so much. But I do think it's a unique league that I do think we will see more of in the future. I think that there are a lot of players in Dynasty that are looking for something like this. So again, appreciate you bringing it to our attention and letting us well, know. It, it could come back around sometimes after the startup, there's not a whole lot because you just did your startup and you kind of have your team yeah. and you know, whatever. So, you know, we see what happens like around the rookie draft and see so that it could really come alive here you well, know, this year. And I one know you see you need one or two trades to, to open the dam. Yes. I was just going to yes. say, I know you've seen this Scott and all the leagues that you're in, but what you need is maybe one, one manager leaves and a new one comes in yeah, and the whole league is reinvigorated. Blood. I've yeah. seen that happen in a few different dynasty leagues where I'm, it's a little stale. It's a little stagnant. It's a little blah. And then one manager comes in and starts blowing everything up and you see a trade and you're like, Holy crap. That's a great price on pits. Let me go send him an offer for uh, Kyler Murray. You know what? Like just let me go get something. And so you start sending offers and the whole league is very different in a week. So I don't give up on this league yet, Ridley Truther. I think you've got a good team. I don't think it's bad. I think you just got a couple of holes you can shore up. Uh, and again, you, you put it well. Unfortunately, this was not the year to be tight end heavy. Uh, just brutal luck on that. But yeah, had it gone the other direction, you'd be sitting pretty and, and you know, be buying drinks at the bar with your winnings. But with that, I think we've done a pretty fair amount of job on the find me a trade this week. Uh, anything else you guys want to bring up or discuss on that one? Or we pretty much wrapped it up. I thought so too. All right. With that, we're going to get out of here. We're a classic 90 minute podcast this week, if not more, which already it is. That's what we do. Scott, you've been gone a minute. I want to make sure I give you a chance to say goodbye. But before we do that, I got to say, thank you so much today for coming on the podcast tonight. It's always a pleasure having you on. Uh, why don't you give people where they can find you again in case it's been so long or it's three days later and they you know put this on pause for a while where they're done errands. At Dynasty Dorks on uh, TikTok and Twitter. And then, of course, uh, check me out on, on uh, Sports Gambling Podcast, SGPN Fantasy Football on YouTube. Perfect. Yes, thank you for that. Uh, I'll mention this, too. We we put it out there a couple of weeks ago. I haven't said it since, but we are most likely doing a Dynasty Junkies 3. We're not going to put it in, in tweets. We're not going to mention it. If you listen this long in the podcast... There might still be some openings. I don't want to guarantee anything, but if you want, send us a DM, send me a DM or Scott or some one of us. Don't put it on Twitter. Send us a DM. Hashtag DJ3. It's all you got to do. Hashtag DJ3. That means you, we know you listened. And then we can put you on the short list. We'll try to see if we can get everybody in and do another startup this offseason if you want to be in that. Um, I am Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. You can find me on Twitter. Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Portfolio Dynasty on Twitter. Uh, Rocky's not here, so he doesn't get his name read. He'll be editing. Rocky, thanks. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Find us every week, every Thursday, we go live on the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, at that network on Twitter and YouTube and all of the other places. 
Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. We love seeing people in the chat. I'll let Scott say bye to them. Uh, but again, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thanks to Ridley Truther for the uh, the find me trade. Uh, Scott, take us out of here, though. Yeah, thanks, Corey. Great submission. Great league. Uh, that's definitely what we want to do here over the next few uh, months as we we kind of trend towards uh, the rookie draft. So let's let's get some some different types of leagues and and let's figure out. Let's talk some big overall strategy. Um, that's that's the good stuff, man. That's that's what I'm here for. So I love it. Um, thanks to everybody in the chat. Appreciate you guys. Keep those uh, FMAT submissions coming. Uh, thanks again to Dave for Andrew Hall. I'm Scott Sidlow. Junkies out. Oh, 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 oh,